Welcome to the Rocky Mountain Racing Review Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie, and I'm going to be kind of taking you down some controversial avenues. Um, We're going to be talking about the COVID-19 outbreak, people kind of breaking the guidelines. Uh, Notice that I say guidelines and not laws. Uh, The guidelines for the COVID-19 outbreak. And we're going to try to call some of the, the private track owners and get some of their... Uh, what what's going on at their tracks, how we can ride there, um, and what everybody's doing to be able to still ride during this pandemic or, or whatever. So I first want to apologize to anybody who's going to be taking offense to this episode. Um, it's not intentional to make you upset or hurt your feelings or, or have any other things. It's just to point out some different views. Um, ultimately, that's what America is all about. That's what a free country is about that we can collectively get together and talk as a group and share our ideas, thoughts, and kind of all still be the individual as well. So uh, kind of take your take your feelers out, um, take your, your emotions and, and your the anger and the thought and everything, just kind of let that pass. We're not out here to say, ha-ha, we're right, um, or you should think like us. All we're saying is maybe you haven't thought kind of the way others have thought or the way we have thought i want to get kind of both sides on this as well i want to get the sides of uh, why people think the track should be open and i also want to get the sides of why um, people think they should be closed Um, so stay tuned we're gonna take a, a little break here and just introduce some of our sponsors like we always do and then uh, we'll get jumping right into the episode. Thank you. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry him. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bag. Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pack. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold like yeah. I'm so dull like yeah. We gon' blow like yeah. Don't get you slipping 
GoX Services, your go-to choice for grading and excavation needs. Serving Larimer and Weld County, we specialize in renovating and installing driveways, site preparation, rough grades, final grades, drainage, and erosion control. Fulfilling your dirt work needs, call us today at 970-481-6225. That's GoX Services at 970-481-6225. All right, COVID-19. Governor Polis said that we're supposed to stay in our houses until the end of April, right? And that's what the state order says or whatever it's day nine of april and absolutely probably 60 percent of the population if not more i'd say they're not self-isolating uh i highly doubt that we're even gonna last till the end of april anyways uh people aren't putting up with it um they're ignoring it whether it's for safety or not i i I really don't know um, so basically the whole thought of this, yes, it's a very bad flu. If you do the research, coronavirus has several different, um, several, several different sisters or, or forms or versions, I should say. SARS was one. It's all the, the flu. There's all kinds of different coronavirus, right? So COVID-19 came from 19, the year that it was really released if you do a little bit of research, all the other viruses have been named after where they originated. Um, if you read it from the World Health Organization, you can really see how they are setting our president up, President Trump, to basically either look like the bad guy or contradict or use it to their advantage um, to make him look as bad as possible. I honestly think this is kind of the liberal agenda to really put a bad face. Um, This is what they've been wanting from day one is the economy to crash. It's happening. Um, Anything that the president does, whether it's good or even bad, it's always negative. Um, I'm not a super... I I think Trump's doing a great job, right? But I also know that he's always been a Democrat. Um, I think he has the right morals. He has the right leadership. And he has the right business skills to get us the country in a positive way. Um, but I also think um, there is other underlying factors as well. You know, he he's by heart or by old school Democrat, basically. So he's not the Republican messiah like how Republicans are treating him. And, and he makes mistakes just like that, too. And honestly, he's the president and doesn't have um, that much control like we think um you need to kind of find out what executive powers the president actually has and then uh you can start making a actual decisions or correct judgments on him um so with that being said boom the numbers right started out in wuhan china um it's a protein based virus so that's why it's very easy to kill um doctors say hot water kills it your stomach acid kills it uh soap kills it temperatures over 80 degrees kills it um it really thrives in ambient temperatures and i think that's why it's so potential like uh so vast spreading right now um 
it's not airborne like everybody's thinking. You can contract it by people coughing on you, uh, physical touch, touching your my, mouth and eyes, and getting it into your, your body that way. Um, your skin can sometimes absorb um, viruses and, and such like that too, but that's why they're saying cover your hands and, and such. Um, next are the masks. You guys all think this is airborne, that like the masks are protecting you. Uh, the masks are to protect others. So when you're talking and you're spitting and you're coughing or anything else, your mask is catching those. That's why you don't need a filter. You don't need all this stuff that these people are freaking out about because it's it's not airborne. You can't breathe it in. Um, you can get like people spit on your face and then you touch it and the virus goes into your mouth, into your eyes. Um, you can breathe in people spit. Yes, you can breathe in their sneezes. You can breathe in stuff like that, but it's not floating in the air like pollen is. Um, that's what I'm trying to say. So um, next is the numbers. Numbers are, if you solely based your judgment off of numbers, it's very easy to sway anybody with their their way of thinking because um, you can say, oh, the, uh, there's 20,000 people died here, then there's this and there's that. You can inflate and make the numbers any way you want when they're the people counting it, right? So there's a lot of other reasons. People die daily, daily. There are daily deaths. Don't get me wrong, right? People die in car accidents. People die because of diseases. People die because they're old. People die um, out of any kind of health reasons or something. Um, we have to understand that millions of people die a, a, a day in the world, right? So now if now if the, the people or the doctors or whoever, it, if you read the CDC statement, they says that they say, says, huh. They said that um, doctors can make the decision um, if it's a logical and a, a sound assumption, they can classify that as a COVID-19 death. Um, I understand all this hearsay and all kinds of stuff. I had a friend um, who her ex-boyfriend died of cancer. Um, he had cancer pre-existing before all this. Um, he had some complications or whatever. I, he tested positive for COVID-19, but he his chemo was taking him out. Um, they counted his death as a COVID-19 death. Um, I know this is going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, and it's irrational, and it's it's heartless, and it's... But it is what it is. When you make a decision, people are going to die. You have to expect that. You uh, that that is what it is. I'm sorry. Why would you? Why would it be okay to hurt millions upon millions of people from financial, from mental aspects, and the 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 majority of the population is what i'm saying the 98% of people who are going to survive from this right um that's just the people who are infected so let's take 340 million people in america you're going to hurt the majority of the people you're going to hurt everybody else who doesn't even have a chance of uh like even contracting the disease 
You're going you're gonna to hurt the economy, their businesses, their lives, their relationships, everything, because you want to save less than 0.00013 of the population. So that percentage of high-risk people, I think there's a better way to doing this. Instead of hurting and killing our economy, let's take that population, that very small fraction of the population, and have them self-isolate and have everybody else stay away from them. You, first of all, you can't self-isolate and be protective from the virus anyways. You go to the grocery store. You go and give the cashier your credit card. They have gloves on, right? So you give them your credit card. Your gr- credit card just touched your hand. It's not sterilized. It hasn't been sterilized. It's been in your pocket or your purse or your butt, like on your butt cheek the whole time. And then you give that to the cashier, right? So imagine... However many people came to the store and saw that cashier and gave that credit card, all those germs are on her gloves right now. So once she hands you back that credit card, you just touched every single people that handed their card to her because she doesn't take gloves off each time she touches a card. She keeps them on all day. So you just contracted all that stuff onto your credit card And if you don't wash your hands or wash and sterilize the card right away, you are passing those germs on. So self-isolating, you just took that home to all your people. And yes, self-isolating means that uh, you wouldn't be traveling around, so you wouldn't take those germs to anywhere else, but you'd take them straight back home, okay? Um, In America, we all live in subdivisions, um, apartment complexes, Nursing homes, big mass house, how like communities, right? Uh, so you take all those people back into their neighborhoods, and they're all sitting at home. One, your house is not a sterilized environment; like it's not germ-free. Uh, you have windows, you have doors, you have vents, you have everything. Um, your that virus can get in no matter what. Whenever you open up the door. Whenever you bring products in, um, everything from anything that passes through that door, it's already in, right? So with that being said, everybody just came from their outside sources or into the grocery stores, came back to their neighborhoods and passing it along. So the numbers are increasing, blah, 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 blah. And uh, okay, so we're beating a dead horse because we've all talked about it. And I'm sure everybody's going to be sending me all kinds of contradictions to all this stuff and saying that self-isolating works and blah, 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 blah. Well, okay, that's over, right? So now with the order, all of our our shops are still open because they're essential because they're part store. Um, I contacted Growing Up Moto because they were closest to me and I didn't want to go over there, but they had to close down for some reason and I don't know why, but hopefully they got around it and, and they're back open too. But because uh, they sell, they're really close in Parker and I can just go get uh, chemicals over there or, or whatever I needed to do. So they closed their businesses down and then they closed their tracks. So we have nothing to really go out and ride, right? Um, That's how a lot of us vent. If you haven't noticed, I I mean, a lot of people already commented on my stuff on Facebook. Also, another thing too, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to be friends, don't don't follow me on Facebook. Just follow the the Facebook page of the podcast. Um, My personal page is more like my personal thoughts, personal feelings, 
Um, it doesn't represent the the podcast. The podcast is a community podcast. It's your podcast. Um, it's not my thoughts or visions or views or anything. It's just me giving back to the community. So I don't want to upset anybody with some of the personal stuff or my personal views um, by upsetting someone who disagrees with me on my personal Facebook. So if you don't like that kind of stuff, don't add me on Facebook and then reach out to me when I, I hardly know you and then comment on my stuff um, being negative or, or seeing that I'm being negative and, and then commenting on it and making you upset. I don't want you to be upset. I don't want to make anybody else upset. And uh, I'm not out here to try to, to, to like say I'm right and everybody needs to think like me. Uh, and be a fascist or something. That's not what it is. All I want to do is point out facts and logical uh, uh, conclusions because stuff is not making sense right now. Um, why are golf courses open and you can go out and walk and play golf? Um, everybody touches the golf balls. The ball, golf balls go in the holes. You take the pin out. Everybody's touching the pins. Um, you just contract... like took all the, your, your viruses or whatever that are on your hands every time you touch that whole stick um, or the, the flag, the whole flag, you just transferred the, those viruses over to the flag and the next person who's behind you um, who hits the ball in the hole and takes the flag out um, to get or takes the flag out while you're putting, um, you guys just pass that along. So And you're not going to wash your hands between each, each hole, right? And I guarantee it, you touch your mouth you might be smoking a cigar, um, whatever it may be. So golf courses, uh, in my opinion, shouldn't be open. If if motocross tracks can't be open, then golf courses damn sure shouldn't be open um, because no one's touching my bike. I'm the only one touching the bike. Uh, the only thing touching the track is my tires. So how am I passing viruses or passing germs to anybody um, at a motocross track? This is what this episode's about, is fighting and opening people's eyes to why motocross uh, tracks should be open, right? So this is kind of the start of that. Uh, we're going to take a little break and listen to one of our sponsors since we're almost at the 20-minute mark, but this is what this po uh, podcast is about, is why we should fight and stand up for our rights um, to be able to ride at our tracks. And we'll get into that starting right after our, our spo uh, sponsor commercial. Applied Technology brings race tech suspension products, service, and enterprise to the Rocky Mountain region. With extensive experience in race tech products and applications, we provide the same level of suspension service and support that you come to expect from the race tech headquarters in Corona, California. Be sure to mention code RMRR2020 for a discount on your suspension service. First things first is the mental aspect of motocross. Um, I, a lot of people on my Facebook probably saw me upset for probably two and a half weeks, just absolutely like just mad anger. I, I couldn't get away from it. Um, it was just over and, and constant, constant, constant. I tried to work out. I tried to do all kinds of stuff, but I was beyond livid with everything that was happening in the world and like how people weren't thinking and just the mass idiots out there of like scared and sheeple and just the the accusations and the misinformation and just 
it's just crazy, right? Um, so I was getting very, very, very upset. And it was mainly because all the tracks were closed. You couldn't ride. So then all of a sudden I went to a private place to go ride. And I mean, it was like a switch flipped off. Um, I was happy. I was like, I got to vent. I got to just, I mean, my whole demeanor was completely opposite of what it was growing. And I mean, I was... I'll, I'll open up and be a, I'm not the type to self-isolate either because uh, I have severe depression issues with what happened losing my mom um, and there's a lot of other things like you, you, I had because of this COVID thing I have to relocate with my job um, and and go live in South Dakota f- until December and then like I committed to the races and the showdowns and this podcast so then that I didn't know what was going to happen so then I I talked to the um my boss on the job site that like technically isn't my boss I'm working for a different division um so or that I never even knew and I told him I sent him the schedule and I said I don't know what's going on but I made I committed to these showdown races and I will quit um, if I can't go to these races. So, um, once we find out from the RMRA or even the government, or once, once we figure out what the heck is going on, um, we'll be able to lay out more details of what we can do. Um, but I, I still am fully committed to all the showdown races. Um, so I had a lot of wind taken out of my sails. Um, that's why you guys haven't gotten a lot of these podcasts or why I've uh, been delayed on some of these because I was in this big, severe depression mode. Um, and with that, I think about others, um, others in the similar situation of what they're going through. Um, I, that's what I want to open up to your guys' eyes. Imagine sitting in a house alone with no family no friends, nobody. If you got an animal, great. Imagine if you don't, right? So you're sitting in a house alone with all this negativity and this media, and yes, you can turn it off, but it's still there. You're still stuck in the house. You technically can't go anywhere. So you have all this building up onto your shoulders, and if you have any kind of uh, mental health issues or anything, imagine this, and people are going to start really having some issues, whether it be committing suicide or trying or or attempting or, you know, there's a lot of other things that we need to be worrying about. If you look at the numbers, um, um, domestic disputes have gone, they've spiked, right? No one's working. They lost their jobs. Imagine being in a house um, with full of kids and both parents aren't working right now. Putting food on the table, get being threatened to get kicked out of your house, um, not making your bills and getting your truck and your toys and everything taken away from you. These are the most stressful things you can ever think of even happening. And then you take that outlet away, that, that stress relief of motocross that most of us strictly rely on. Like I, I have said it from day one since I started riding, motocross has saved my life. And it honestly has. So you take that away from people and imagine what kind of mental state you just put them in. So everybody says, okay, don't risk it going into the hospital or anything. Imagine that risk, right? I want you guys to think about that. Think about someone like doing something not good 
and I don't want to point it out because like it's a, a very sad and bad, desperate thing to do, right? Um, but there's imagine someone doing something, right, in a closet or um, on the couch or in the garage with a certain item or whatever, right? Or a knife or like this. These are severe, right? And then imagine families breaking up, getting divorced. You got a kid who doesn't know what's going on and their parents are getting broke up because of a virus. People you like call me heartless and insensitive and selfish when I go out and ride because they say that you're, you're, you have, you could be potentially um, putting people at risk. If I'm not touching anybody, if I'm not spitting in your face, if I'm not coughing in the air, if I'm not sneezing, and I'm not touching anything that anybody else is touching, how am I putting others at risk? I would like to know um, because I do not see any logic in that. Now, I do see the fact that you could potentially get her and go to the hospital. Um, I totally agree with that statement. There is that potential. And when there are people with the virus that you go to the hospital, you risk all of that um, to catch it and then bring it back and spread it, right? So with that being said, hospitals have isolation wards. If someone's there in COVID uh, that has COVID-19, they are in isolation and only certain doctors and nurses or anything are allowed to work in that area. Um, so how come is it, how come nurses and doctors and, and everybody in the medical industry can be safe and be able to come home every night and go back to their families and keep them safe but it's not okay for a motocross rider to get injured it that doesn't make sense to me right there is the potential yes but is it to the potential that you need to shut down and ruin someone else's um income or their their stress relief or any other factor right um that's that's what i'm trying to point out right here um Yes, and the other thing too is like I'm gonna try to call a couple people recently um, within the community who have been injured, who have been riding at private tracks and went to the hospital and they got released within like two or three days after having surgery. So if you guys are worried about that potential, there's obviously examples of people who are not infecting others and they're not, there, the, the potential, that potential that you're stating is that much slimmer from our, our buddies who already have gone through it. So we want to get some of their experiences and everything as well too. So those are just a couple things to think about is the golf course, the mental aspect, our stress reliefs, and people's income, right? Next, if you really care about the motocross community, you will not tell people or rat on tracks who are still open. These, these businesses solely rely on us going out and ride. So you're saying if they're not pulling in the revenue and they can't pay in their bills, you would rather see them shut down and closed and, we, and how are they supposed to reopen if they don't have the capital or are they foreclose and the bank takes their land or whatever if it's not paid off. So you'd rather have tracks go out of business and us have less tracks than, than 
people riding there and, and enjoying their time. It, let's, let's think about this. Um, the other thing too is I, I want you guys to stop calling others selfish. That's not being selfish. You're not putting a grandma at risk unless you go out there and you're, you're, you go to a, a nursing home and you go to someone's grandma or you go to someone's grandma's house or something or someone that is potentially at high risk with this COVID thing. Um, that's not selfish. If you're, it, it, it's selfish when you work in the as a nurse or something and then go and ride and then try to catch it from someone else or touching all kinds of things and then going back to the nursing home or back to the hospital or whatever and spreading it to your patients that never had a chance of even of seeing it. Um, that's kind of a, an even more unrealistic example. So let's think a little bit more clearly, less fearful, less worst case scenario because the numbers are not that worst case. Um, yes, there are people dying from this thing. I'm not saying they're not. Um, there are very people at high risk. My father is one of those people at high risk. He has, uh, like, I can't remember the actual uh, disease, but he has little spots on his lungs that has uh, a breathing, uh, breathing issues and everything. And uh, he is one that if he catches it, uh, he's probably not going to survive from it. So, and I'm one of the people who are saying, I don't care about self-isolation. I think my dad, he needs to self-isolate. I've even seen him once or twice and I've told him, I'm like, dad, you know, um, I'd rather not risk seeing you because I, right now I can't lose a, a family member with everything that's going on and this much stress that's on my back. I, I, I could not handle losing a family member, let alone my father, my last uh, parent. So I, I didn't want to go see him. But you know what? He said, I would rather see you and, and enjoy our time. We can wash our hands and take precautions. I'm not going to let a virus from seeing my son and my, my daughter and my grandkids on my granddaughter's birthday. So we all went over to my dad's and we all enjoyed it. We, we laughed. We had a good time. My stepmom was very over over cautious which was great because she made us all wash our hands and and do everything um and she was on top of it so it was everything was safe um but that's the other thing too is i haven't been around any covid people or even any other places where i could even pick it up other than the grocery store and then i wash my hands i take a shower with soap and all kinds of stuff the virus should be dead um so with that being said Let's go back to uh, the tracks, right? So all the tracks can't be getting revenue. Um, we, we, we have no stress reliefs. Um, golf courses are open, but we can be open. So we're, we're resulted or are left with um, private tracks. We have a, a couple, we're going to have a couple interviews with some of the private track owners and they're having like the biggest turnouts they've ever had in the community so that's another risk that like, I, I, I want to tell them that like watch out for people ratting you out, um, turning you in. I did see on the nine news or something in uh, Colorado Springs that they gave a number that like these people were out playing baske basketball and uh, the health organization or whatever has a number that you can report people that are not self-isolating. So I just want to point that out. If you're the one who's going out and taking time out of your day 
to report people that are not self-isolating. You are the same people that would go out and report Jews and report slaves during the Holocaust and the, uh, the Underground Railroad. You're exactly that type. You're not saving anybody. You're not, you're not doing anything but being a rat and a snitch. So I'm sorry. I, I don't respect that. That's being selfish in my opinion. You're taking someone's like happiness and their, their physical activity. They were out playing basketball. They didn't know if they were family members because in the video that I saw, it was maybe four or five adults with a bunch of teenagers and all kinds of stuff. You don't know if they're neighbors. You don't know if they're family. You don't know if they're cousins, but then you're still going to call and report them for playing basketball. This is America. That's why I put that song in there in the front. This is America. This is a free country. This is not Soviet Russia. This is not Nazi Germany. This is not China. And if you notice, they're really pushing. Uh, if you, you follow for the media, they're really pushing. They're like, China is so great because they have all their citizens surveillance. They have all, like, they're able to track their citizens. They're able to lock them up in their house. They're able to do. That's not a free country in, in any any aspect, all right? This is America. We're allowed to do what not whatever we want, but how can you let the government say, stay in your house, take your job away, your money, your way of life. We have, we have God-given rights of uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We have the freedom of press. We have the freedom of, of speech. You guys need to stop giving the governments our rights and start standing up for your rights. How can the government tell a business that you have to shut down for a certain reason? There's people out there in the tattoo industry. There's people out there um, in in uh, the the restaurant businesses, and there. That's the other thing too in the restaurant. Carryouts okay. So then every person that goes in and hands those money situations again to the person who gave them their food goes back, to swipes their card, gives it back to them. Everything they touch is still tra- transmitting the, the virus. Um, none of this is logical sense. So, uh, I think I kind of pretty much covered all my points and everything of A, um, self-isolating is sort of works. Um, the other thing is no one's doing it. So, let's just go out and get back to work and let the virus run its course because I have literally not witnessed anybody like yes the population's a little bit lower but everybody's out on cherry creek trail everybody's out all the kids are out playing in the parks and still even though they're roped off with caution tape and all kinds of stuff the skate parks over here um is saying closed but there's still 30 to 40 people out there skating and bmx and all kinds of stuff so i really don't think if this virus was as bad as what they're saying um, all these people would be pretty much dead, right? That's basically what they would be saying. So none of the, I, I really think this is just an attack on Trump. I do think that it's bad, but, or the, the virus is dangerous, but I don't think it's any more dangerous than the SARS virus or the swine flu or Zika. Um, when those poor babies were getting born, being deformed, um, yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of uh, 
of different aspects that like just don't make sense, you know? Um, yeah, is there a potential for illness and death? Absolutely. But we need to kill our economy and ruin millions of lives trying to protect the point zero 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 one three of the population? I sure don't. I sure don't. So I, I really hate to see all the races get canceled. I hate to see all um, the industry members of what this podcast was supposed to be doing of helping out and making Colorado number one. But now the uh, industry members are, are really suffering as far as the tracks, the promoters. Um, everybody's scared. We don't know if we're even going to have a, a race season and, and all kinds of stuff. So uh, hopefully this this podcast, once we get the private track owners to call in, will give you places to ride, um, chances to vent, uh, come in together as a community, and be able to talk and uh, and be able to stress get that stress off your shoulders. Because I know it it helped me a ton. I it really did. Like this whole week has been so amazing compared to the last two and a half weeks of staying inside and not being able to ride. And then the moment I got to ride at a, at Taylor Burley's place, um, I'm happy as hell. So that's why I chose to do this podcast. So stay tuned. We're going to have a, a couple more interviews from uh, other people. Our first one's going to be with uh, Tyler Sutherland. And uh, he, he kind of talked about his thoughts and views. And then I want to get a couple others uh, maybe on the other side of the fence. Uh, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying think like me. I'm not saying you're wrong or or attacking your views or, or beliefs or anything. I'm just laying out logic. That's all I'm doing. Um, logic and trying to fight for other people's rights and, and their livelihoods. Um, I've been outside this whole time and I don't see who I uh, put at risk. So... Um, I just don't see the logic behind it. So let's listen to our first interview. But before we do, let's take a word from our sponsors. Compact Auto Repair is your complete car and truck repair center. Don't let the name fool you. We do it all from domestic imports and diesels. Family owned and operated, servicing Southern Colorado since 1982. From minor and major repairs, we can't fix all your problems in life, but we can fix your ride. Give Riley a call today at 719-543-0731. That's 719-543-0731. Have any opinion on COVID or um, <laughs> writing while all this is going on? Or did you want to talk about that or just kind of leave it? Eh, I mean, that's fine. We got some time, I guess. It's like, might as well, you know, it's what's going on in the world. Um, I think it's crazy. Uh, you know, I don't watch a lot of news or anything like that. So I don't really stay too up on everything that's happening. Really, I just get all the information from like family members or like the stuff I see on Facebook and Instagram. But, um, you know, it's hard because I feel like if you know, just in my opinion, it's like, if it wasn't this serious, would the government really be doing all this stuff? But then at the same time, it's like, I don't know a single person that's caught this thing yet. So it's just hard to say, but, um, I know it sucks, uh, that people are out of work and, you know, 
luckily for me, um, I'm still working both jobs. So I, I own Applied Technologies, um, and that's my race tech center. But I still am also a, a race tech employee, so I do sales and tech support for them as well. Um, that was something that they wanted to do when I left race tech. They wanted to keep me on um, and be able to use my background uh, that I have to help people out there that are installing our product or have questions or anything that be able to help them. So luckily for me, I'm still working. My wife is a, is in the school district. So she's still working as well um, from home and getting paid for it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that, but I know there are some families out there that, you know, have mom and dad completely out of work and that really sucks. Um, you know, but I hope it's for good reason. I hope that, you know, people aren't, just blowing this thing out of proportion for no reason. But like I said, I haven't, I haven't met a single person yet that, that says they know someone or, or none of my friends or family has had it yet. So who knows? Yeah. (laughs) That's a very good point too. Like I totally agree with, uh, I hope it's not like blown out of proportion or anything. And I hope totally agree that it is for a good cause and saving lives because, uh, it is kind of, it's going to have some serious ramifications here soon. And then yep. I, I haven't, I went to Parker hospital, um, just to kind of see how congested or whatever it was. And it didn't seem packed or overwhelmed or anything like the news was saying. Uh, maybe if we were in New York or, or some of the large congested areas, I totally agree with statements like that. But, uh, Cole Shondek and some of the other people, uh, Caleb actually just went to the hospital too, broke both of his wrists and, uh, was out two days later so granted he's in a podunk town but um yeah you'd think that they'd have him quarantined for seven days or something like the media blew it up and and said that like yeah. all these people are going to get in the hospital and they're gonna have to stay there and they're gonna be overwhelmed with medical bills and i don't know none of this is kind of panning out to be a hundred percent accurate so i i agree with the the precautions but i'm not seeing the the visuals or or any of the evidence back in it yeah yeah and it's crazy you know and from my end it's like i'm in such an economy driven business where like as long as the economy is good people are spending money on their motorcycles and so like that's my biggest thing with it is like i don't want the economy and especially the economy in colorado i mean we've been booming for the past you know three or four years like big so it's like and it didn't show any signs of slowing down anytime soon so it's like i'm that would be the thing that I'd be nervous the most about. I'm not really that nervous about catching coronavirus. I'm more nervous of like, I don't want the economy to crash in Colorado because then no one might need suspension work or engine work done. You know, they're just going to be scraping pennies so that they can even ride their motorcycle, not, you know, modifying it or anything in any way. So um, I know it's kind of a somewhat of a selfish reason, uh, but you know, I got to look out for myself and my family as well. So I hope that, you know, like I said, that's why I say, I hope that, this isn't being super blown out of proportion because like, I don't want to see, you know, a big economy crash or anything like that from this, especially because it was doing so good, especially here in Colorado. I have talked to some of my friends that still live in California and they say it's crazy out there. Um, you know, and that people are going nuts and, and, uh, taking things really serious, which they don't seem to be here in Colorado yet. Um, I talked to a couple of guys and they're like, are they, you know, limiting people going into the stores yet in Colorado. And I'm like, no, they're just letting us walk in and out. Like, like, Oh yeah, here they stop you at 20 or whatever. And nobody else can go in and we're standing in line and there's a line wrapped around the parking lot of, you know, the Walmart and stuff. It's like, man, that's nuts. I'm glad I don't live there right now. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I drove home today from 
one of the buddy's house from going riding and uh there's everybody out and walking and it, it they definitely i don't think we're taking it nearly as serious no definitely not we've been riding a lot too just at private tracks um and stuff like that and we have been taking it pretty easy i know there was a couple guys today out of the track we were at one kid broke his collarbone and another girl i think messed up her foot and it's like i was telling my wife she wanted to hit this triple step up thing and i was just like you know like let's just wait until the world starts spinning again before we do anything too crazy like because if we have to go to the hospital like i'm just gonna send you in by yourself and i'll wait the truck and then i was gonna like fog her with lysol before she got in the truck (laughs) (laughs) or something like that if she got hurt you know but it's like i just you know i'm not being overly cautious but i am just kind of being aware i guess and i think that's really all we can do i know yeah i agree i mean so many of us like it's hilarious too because like these past couple weeks that i've been shut in i've been irritable um my anger's like totally spiked i've been like easy buttons and uh, and stuff and just blowing up and then it's hilarious to watch from writing saturday and sunday and now like it's like a a switch has flipped and for people to say that like people shouldn't be riding if you get hurt then like you don't under like for people to say that i don't think they understand what motocross does for people or else i mean what risk do we really have out at a track because i mean it's not airborne unless someone coughs in your face um it has to be by touch and you have to touch your eyes and your mouth so what risk really is it unless you're riding uh tandem on the bike together going around the track yeah i think it's just the getting hurt and having to go to the hospital i think is is really all that people are nervous about because like you know my my sister's boyfriend's a big golfer and he's been golfing they're in arizona right now um and he's been golfing with other guys and like complete strangers getting matched up with like complete strangers and riding in a cart with them and stuff like that and it's like man like how is that okay but like you know, 50 people in a parking lot at a motocross track isn't okay. Like, you know, and it sucks. I think, uh, I, I think it happened here. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I know it was happening in California where, um, a track got shut down in California and that track was calling the, the, um, I forget what it's called, the the compliance officers or whatever on other tracks that were still open to get them shut down because they got shut down. And I heard, but I'm not 100% sure on this, but I heard that's what happened to IMI. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, yeah. I wouldn't doubt I it at all. Another caller, another track owner called and blew the whistle on them that they were still open. Yep. I, I have no doubts. There was actually a meme on uh, Facebook that I saw that, like, correlated that with uh ann frank and harriet tubman <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah it just sucks that that's what it's come to that it's like man like you know we got all these people freaking out and you got you know companies telling on other companies and stuff like that it's just i don't know it just seems it seems crazy but at the same time like i said like in my opinion it's like you know would they do all of this just to kind of create mass hysteria like i don't really think they would but at the same time i don't know maybe they are yeah i it's one of those conspiracy like you, you can't ever trust anybody anymore and uh yep. that's why i just kind of use my own sense senses and like what what's going on out in the world like what am i visually seeing 
um, instead of kind of what's been been playing. Do I think it's bad? Yeah, I absolutely agree that it's bad. But does an eighty percent recovery rate and all like none of this? It's not that scary. But do you yeah. absolutely be freaking precautious because I don't want my dad dying. He's one of the the high risk uh, guy. Yeah. He's got something with his lungs and he's at extreme high risk. But I'm still. I don't think. It's, Hey, dads, lock yourself up or whatever. But like, I still don't think yep. the economy needs to be exactly what you said, like be going down or anything or, or being hurt from it. Yeah. And luckily I think I honestly, I think there's a ton more people that are working than, than the media makes it think, you know, or seem like there's a lot of people that are out of work. I know my sister and her boyfriend are both out of work, but they're in the restaurants in the, they live up in Keystone in the ski area. So they were getting shut down anyway for mud season. But, um, you know, everywhere I go, when I talk to people, um, you know, we've been trying to support our local restaurants and stuff like that and order takeout and whatnot. And, you know, when I go in and talk to them, they're like, man, we're like, we haven't dropped any business at all. Like the only difference is like people just aren't sitting here. Like, but everybody's still coming and getting food. And like, we went to Wingstop on the way home and ordered food. And the guy was like, yeah, he goes, we've never been this busy ever. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a positive that I look at is like, well, you know, it seems like this might crash the economy, but like, obviously people are spending money still because I mean, you drive by, we went to the track that we went out to was in Falcon and, you know, just, uh, basically north of Aztec and Falcon's a pretty small town and the Walmart was like the parking lot was like packed full of people I'm like oh, okay like people are out spending money so I don't know if this is going to take you know if the economy is going to take a hit or not they're just not spending money on you know I guess frivolous stuff there at the grocery store and stuff like that stocking up on toilet paper yeah exactly <laughs> So I should have bought stock in Charmin before all this happened if I would have known. Oh, it would have been genius. Buying three <laughs> years of toilet paper, a three-year supply on one trip. I, I don't get it, but. I yeah, we legit were, like, getting low on toilet paper. I'm not – I wasn't one of the sheeple that went out and, like, completely stocked up and went crazy. And then, like, I was just, like, kind of like, yeah, whatever, I'll get it. Yeah, whatever, I'll get it. And then, like – we were legitly down to like our last three or four rolls. And I was like, Oh shit. Like I can't find toilet paper anywhere. And like, <laughs> then I was kind of like, man, I, maybe I should have went and done this. And I ended up getting some from uh, the back stock that they were keeping from everybody, you know, mass buying the stuff. But it was, uh, it was kind of wild seeing the stores like that it was crazy. This first couple of days. Um, my aunt had some lady like grab stuff out of her cart in Walmart and like, took it from her and was like you can't have this this is mine and like people were just going crazy it was it's pretty wild to see but it seems like that's all kind of calmed down which is cool hopefully that means that we're you know on the on the back side of this and it'll be over soon and we'll kind of just forget about it and move on and go back to life and get to riding dirt bikes again publicly absolutely instead of just hiding it <laughs> right you know we have a corner track here at the house and uh we had like six people over on Saturday to ride. And I was a little nervous about a couple of my neighbors are a little kooky. And so I was a little nervous about having that many people over here. Cause I didn't want to just, I just didn't want to have any problems with them or have them call the cops or anything like that. But we made it through the day all good. And I don't think they're too mad. So, um, but yeah, we're definitely still trying to get as much riding in as possible. And I know there's a lot of people out there that, that have been doing the same thing. Um, the private tracks we've been going to has just been like jam packed with people. I've never seen this many people out of these private tracks before. 
and everybody's scrambling and searching for a place to ride. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to see the community like when when there's no tracks open or anything, just scramble and trying to find anybody where where there's places to ride. I mean, I I was too, but luckily there's uh, like Ron Reed and Justin Garfalo yep. and some of those guys and everything around. Uh, I'm going to try to give them a call too and have them talk about their tracks and, and what's going on and their experiences and, and stuff too. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I mean, it's, it's kind of hard. Cause like, you know, if I had a track, I'm kind of like thinking to myself, like my track's just a little tight corner track. It's nothing crazy. Like, but it gets us on the dirt bike and it's, you know, it's kind of just for, you know, me and my wife and some family and stuff like that. But it's like, if I had a place like, you know, Ron's or even like, you know, the corner track that they have out of brush or something like that, or this one that we go to, uh, down in Falcon, it's like, I'm like kind of going, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'd really want like 20, 30, 40 people out of my house on a Sunday, you know, but then at the same time, I feel the pain for everybody. And it's like, I, you know, it's hard, but I'm sure it's, I'm sure at some point they have to cut people off. Um, I know one of the other private tracks that we go to sometimes out of Watkins, um, he's had to basically shut it down because his neighbor was getting kind of crazy and telling him that he was going to call the CDC on him and stuff like that. So he was just like, yeah, we're just going to stop instead of having to deal with this guy. But um, yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, and then with it still being winter, I was telling my wife, it's like, if this was summertime, I wouldn't have an issue with this because I'd load up the motor home and with the bikes and we'd go up in the woods and just live in the woods for a month or two. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. You know, and trail ride, but it's like none of the, you know, Rampart's still closed for mud and stuff like that. And um, I heard that they were kicking people. I have a customer uh, that's a trail rider and he went down to um, Grand Junction last weekend and he said that they got kicked out of the, uh, I forget what it is out there, Roller Flats or something like that out in Grand Junction. He said that they got kicked out. The the game warden was out there kicking people out. You know, there's still snow on the, on the plateau. Um, and stuff like that. So it's like there's not really a whole lot of places to go ride off-road in Colorado right now. Or surrounding states, you know, they have Moab and Green River and everything all shut down too. So even BLM land shut down, it's like, it's crazy. But Yeah, and you'd think that would be the, the largest, like, social distancing place, especially in, like, Utah, because I, I researched some of the stuff out, whitewash, and, and like you said, they had it shut down. And that's the most remote location there is. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I think it all just circles back around and they don't want people ending up in hospitals, you know, but it's like, man, like how many times do we get through a practice day at Lakewood or Aztec or wherever and not a single person goes to the hospital? Right. You know, it's like, there has to be days I can't count them. I don't know, but it's like, I would think that, you know, I can think about it right now and I don't know when the last time I saw an ambulance show up to the track on a practice day, you know, that wasn't a race day, you know, and it's like, I don't know if we really, people are really getting that hurt that we're getting like, you know, 20 or 30 people on a day going to the hospital from a motorcycle accident. You know, and the other thing with that too, is like, they're still letting guys go out and ride their Harleys. We saw all kinds of people out there riding their Harleys today. And it's like, you know, one of those guys goes down or get hit by a car or something like that. Like, they're going to the hospital too, you know? Absolutely. And so, it's just a matter of fate. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, you know, how they can control it. You know, they can't stop us from driving on the roads really and stuff like that. Well, I mean, I guess they could with enough force, but it's like, they're not going to stop people from, you know, driving and riding their street bikes and stuff like that, but they can shut down a public track pretty easy. Oh yeah. It's easy. So, 
it sucks, but I think we'll get through this. Hopefully, you know, by the end of April, it'll all be um, just a crazy time in history that we'll, you know, talk about for years to come and everything will kind of just go back to normal. And like I said, we'll be out at the races and, um, you know, I've heard some crazy stuff about like Loretta's and Ponca and a couple of these other big amateur races that are coming up. I've heard some crazy theories and ideas about what's going to happen to those races if this keeps going on. One of the craziest ones I heard was that they were going to do like um, qualifiers at Loretta's. So they, if all the regionals and areas keep getting canceled, they were going to do they were going to extend Loretta's by a couple of days. And they're basically going to say, hey, whoever wants to show up can show up. And you got to race your way into the motos. And if they get 80 people for, you know, one class, they'll run however many qualifiers they need to to whittle it down to the number that they need to, you know, have for the starting gate. And those people will race. Dang. Like, I'm kind of like, man, like that would be wild. Like, you know, if that's the case, I might go and see what happens, <laughs> you know, that would just and my be wife awesome might see what happens too. And it's like, you know, that would be nuts to like have that in the history to be like, you know, Hey, like we, you know, experienced and lived the one time that, you know, none of the, none of the traditional ways of qualifying for Loretta's that have been around forever, you know, we're able to do, we were able to do that. And we showed up to Loretta's and got the race. Like that would be crazy, but I don't see it lasting that long, but if it does, it'll be interesting to see what happens to that and the Supercross and outdoor schedule and all that stuff too. It'll be, it'll be pretty wild to see what happens to all that. Yeah, I can't agree more. So, did you hear anything about the D25s or anything being a sponsor? Like, are they gonna reschedule the one on the nineteenth, or what's the kind of plan? You gonna assume that they're gonna reschedule it, or is it gonna be canceled? Yeah, I didn't. I asked. Um, so, um, I talked to Kevin Aldor, who's the vice president. And um, he just, I don't know if he really has an answer. And I think that's kind of what it was. I don't think he was really dodging an answer, but I just don't think he has one yet. But I asked him what was going on. And he said that they basically, since it's an AMA thing, they have to follow, you know, whatever state and federal legislation says and all that kind of stuff. So if they say no gatherings, you know, more than X amount of people, and then they have to comply with that. So until that stuff goes away, um, you know, they're, they're not able to even begin to talk to tracks and promoters and stuff like that to try to reschedule any of that stuff. Um, you know, the one thing is that a lot of people always kind of forget this, I think is like the promoters make good money when they do these local races. So they want to have those races done. Oh, absolutely. They'll do whatever they can, you know, especially the outdoor races are easier. I think, you know, if we get a little late in the season for some of the super crosses, if they start getting into like, you know, when um, some of these uh, like the Greeley stampede and stuff like that's happening, we might run into some issues, um, you know, and, and the rodeos and stuff like that that are going on and other stuff that's happening at those, at those fairgrounds, they might have to get creative, but um, I see them rescheduling them and trying to get them in at least the D 25 stuff I would think um, would be a, a main focus, you know, and, they announced today, I saw just a couple of minutes ago, uh, uh, Mark from Defy posted that they announced the date for the Colorado Dealer Cup. Oh, yeah, I've been seeing all the videos and stuff on it. Everybody's getting excited about that one, too. Yeah, which I didn't get to do that last year, but uh, this date, this year, this date, we'll, I'll be able to do it. And it looks like it's at Wild Rat this year, which is pretty cool. So hopefully that's scheduled far enough out that that happens. And uh, we put a team together, maybe a couple of teams together, and out there and have some fun but 
um, yeah, I think that they're going to get this D25 stuff done at least. If they have to shorten the series down to just like the D25 and the Supercross, I think they'll get it done still and be able to hand out those AMA, you know, number ones at the end of the year. That was pretty cool to see guys walking away with those at the banquet last year. So I hope that happens again. Oh, yeah, that's that's the goals. Got that yeah. on the list. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we had our couple riders clean house last year. Um, Luke Carnes, one of our mini riders, he absolutely cleaned house and won grand champion and AMA number plates and motocross championship and youth rider of the year and all kinds of stuff. I was like, holy cow, this kid killed it this year. So I'd like to see some more of that from some of our guys next year and or this year, I guess it is. And uh, hopefully all that happens. Hey, are you looking for that factory look and treatment for your bike? How about that name and number on the back of your jersey so the ladies and the potential sponsors know who's riding that bike? Yeah, is that you? Then you need to go check out FAF Graphics because they give you the factory treatment. Located here in Pueblo, Colorado, FAF Graphics will get you your bike looking just right for your next race. You need that moto seat to match the graphics? They do that too. So go email Jeff today at sales at fafgraphics.com. Hello? Caleb, how you doing, buddy? What is going on? I'm doing good. How you doing? I am all right, man. Um, just sitting here doing a, a podcast, and I knew you got injured. Um, I wondered how hard is it to wipe your ass right now? <laughs> it's definitely a struggle. It's making it a new kind of, you know, it makes it hard to learn, but I'm getting figured out. <laughs> good. I, I figured it would be pretty hard to uh, with both wrists broken and everything. Um, holy cow. Yeah, I don't I really don't want to ask my parents to do that, so I just kind of forced my way to learn it, but you know, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you don't have the cough or the COVID or anything either, but... Uh, no, we're clean. Yeah, thank God. Um, so, there's been a lot of stuff on social media lately about people talking about that it's selfish to, to be writing, um, it's selfish to put others at risk and everything, and... I don't believe that, um, so I wanted to kind of get your experience since you went to the hospital, because another thing too is they said that you're, you're limiting resources from the hospital from people who really deserve it. I don't think there's that many hospitalized mm-hmm. cases in Colorado anyway, so I don't believe that to be no. true. So if you could talk about like the hospital, uh, what you saw, what, what your experience was, and and such because people are even saying that you would have to be quarantined for like 17 yeah. days and all the hospital bills and everything going up so if you could just talk about that and and speak some truth for the listeners uh i sure appreciate it yeah well i don't think that uh riding is being selfish at any point because i mean i mean it's not like we're all out there huddled around so i mean like can't we really spread it that bad if it's that bad you know but I don't know. I think it's everybody's just trying to get their mind off of it and just try to live on and not let this thing just, just, uh, I don't know, take control of their life basically. Absolutely. But, uh, when I was in the hospital, they were talking about it. I asked a few questions about it and they had a whole different level for the COVID patients and don't quote me on it, but I think they said they had six there 
and they had their own level of like rooms that they were getting taken care of and everything like that or whatever they were getting taken care of. So, I mean, it's not like I was there taking somebody else's spot. Cause I mean, we don't have that many cases in Pueblo, but I don't know. Uh, and I mean, for the fact that if you have it, what do they treat you for? So, I mean, I don't think that you need to be in the hospital unless it's that bad. I don't know. I haven't done too much research on it, but no, you're, you're a hundred percent right. So, uh, you were in the hospital for two days. Like you had one day for in there. Full 24 hours, full 24, man, yep. they, they did it quick. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. Um, I, I was talking to your dad and everything and we were all worried about you and, um, <laughs> I didn't think you were going to be able to text or anything and you text right back after he gave me, <laughs> after he gave me your number and I was like, Oh man, it, it, you're doing well, great like, so far. Well, luckily I had my left wrist wasn't as bad as broke. So, I mean, I was able to prop my phone up on my pillow with my knee and I could sit there and just kind of poke at my phone and stuff. It was definitely hard. <laughs> everybody kind of just blew up my phone like asking what was going on and stuff like that so finally I just wrote out what exactly happened and just copied and pasted it to all these people that responded to me so <laughs> made it a lot easier I'd be like pecking with my nose trying to type or <laughs> I was thinking that man <laughs> took forever to figure that out well damn man I'm I'm sorry you did that that happened to you and everything yeah but uh how long you out for I don't know yet they uh they haven't really given me too much information. They, I didn't even get to see the x-rays or anything, but uh, going next week, trying to figure some of that stuff out. What I've been hearing is that, that this break isn't too long of a, that you sit out. So I don't think it's going to be too long, maybe a month, hopefully. Well, that's good news. That's good news, man. Yeah. Definitely going to invest in some uh, wrist braces because before I thought I was made of rubber and I could never break any bones. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely I, broke down yep i i was right there too and then after i broke a few i was like oh it's it's not that bad they break actually pretty easy <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah this is actually like my first break from motorcycles i've only fractured my ankle torn my acl and handful of concussions i mean i've gotten out pretty lucky yeah well hopefully you don't have any more i mean yeah that's, that's me knocking on the wood there. yeah knock I'm trying to, but I can't really with my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> I did for you. It's all good, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so with uh, with uh, Lake Lakeview out there, so the county county said no go out there, huh? I believe it was the health department that actually shut it down. Oh yeah. And so they said that they can't have more than like 15 people or something like that. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to to control how many people you have out there and kind of hard to run all the equipment out there and just get paid for 15 riders so it's just kind of their best bet just to kind of close off for a while yeah until this all kind of spreads off so we talked about trying to get some, oh go ahead we're trying to get some more equipment out there and get some more dirt moves so that way when we do open up that it's a lot different from when people remembered it so i'm hoping we can get that done well that that's good and that's that's promising news and stuff and maybe uh if any of the RMRA people are listening or anything, maybe some of the rescheduled stuff could be at yeah. at your guys' place. Uh, oh, to, man. Yeah. I'll try to great. put that little feeler out there for them if they're listening right here. <laughs> A little poke there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
if you look at the schedule, there's like six or seven races that th- not that many, but there's a lot of yeah. thunder races. So maybe we could take yep. that thunder one and go to you guys. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, that'd yeah, be awesome. I don't know if they got all that figured out that year or this year or not, so I don't really know what what's going to actually happen. I just kind of just worked there, so I don't know all the stuff that was going into it and planning it, but, yeah, that'd be pretty cool to do something like that. I can't wait to see the first gate drop out there and just be able to see everybody out there. Yeah, I think it'd be cool, and I, I just bought a travel trailer uh, for work. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I'm going to use it for racing, though, too, and uh, I already was seeing it. Uh, like envision of coming down there Friday nights or whatever it is, uh, and uh, just staying down there all yeah. weekend riding with you guys oh, yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, we had a couple people do that uh, for two days, and we just stood around, fire and drank some alcoholic beverages, and just had fun. That's what. Then got up the next day and ride. That's what we need, you know. Um, especially yeah. now with all this going on. Yeah, exactly. It it's really something different. Just keeps everybody alive and keep wanting to keep going riding every weekend yes sir at least for me well i'm same here i talked about it earlier in this episode of uh i went out and got out and got a ride last weekend and the effects of how it it helped me um and how we shouldn't be limiting people to that exactly well caleb you need to heal up and rest and everything and (laughs) i don't have a whole lot more um i just wanted to get the hospital experience and kind of your thoughts on all this but if you have anything else to say lay it on the track or if you want to thank anybody um use this as your platform right now and and lay it down buddy yeah i just want to thank everybody that helped me out that day that i crashed and got me into the car and got me headed out of there because i was pretty loopy but can't wait to see everybody riding again and once all this stuff is gone i just i can't wait to get back riding every weekend with everybody i love that too much i feel you buddy well god bless and and you heal up quick all right thanks man thank you thanks for uh doing an interview with us no problem we'll talk to you later man all right buddy bye All right, so we're switching it up a little bit and giving you some nutrition tips from one of our sponsors, Actionetics. And uh, Craig Stevenson has some really good knowledge. Uh, I have always been super, super horrible at my nutrition. Um, I didn't really think about certain foods giving you arm pump or anything like that. But now as I'm getting older, I'm 31 today. Um, Today's my birthday. Um, But... As I've gotten older, I've significantly seen energy drops, um, recovery rates drop. Um, Granted, I'm only 31 too. Um, So I used to go to the track and I'd be able to ride both days, three days easily. Like, and I mean ride hard for those two days or three days. And uh, over the week I'd be dead, but I I would be able to to be just fine. Um, Now I'm at the, like, the past couple of years, I've noticed that I've only been able to ride one day during the weekend really hard. And then once Sunday comes around, my body is so rough. Um, so I've been talking with Craig quite a bit, and he's been helping me out a ton on my training. So he's setting us up with uh, some discounts and everything, too. He's got, uh, because of this whole COVID thing, um, he's got a discount going on for 30% off his whole website. Um, so if you go there, and go check out some of the stuff uh, that you can actually get. 
um, for racing and, and the proteins and all of the other stuff. Um, the, all, all the, the neurotech and, and all the, the other, uh, supplements and vitamins that you can give them. Um, you're going to use that code perform 30. So just perform 30 at your checkout and he's got a link and everything on their Instagram and all their social media. Um, but I highly recommend going and getting you some of those products and everything. We're going to be giving out some too as well. Um, and we got, uh, I, I think we're going to give them, I don't know if I'm going to be doing like, if you buy a couple shirts, we'll throw in some of this stuff, or if we're going to throw it in during the limbo competition, or um, or we're just going to pick somebody at the race um, at my booth and my setup, because I, I got like a whole pit up setup and everything, and I'm going to bring my computer and actually record live right there at the race. So... Uh, yeah, here's Craig Stevenson and Connor. Connor gave us a little bit of update of his trips in te Texas and some of his training that he's been doing. Um, if anybody's been following Connor with his videos and pictures and everything, the kid's getting super fast. And I still believe that he is one of the individuals, just one of them, that has the best potential to make this as an actual living in Colorado and be close to a factory rider. Um, I'm... I'm pretty anxious to see when he gets on a, a 450 uh, or not 450 but a four stroke and and just see how his developed skills from that two stroke transfers over into the four stroke and then how fast he actually gets um on national level um the kid's awesome so uh here's this interview and then we'll continue on with the COVID. i just wanted to give a little vent break or whatever it is this is a long episode to be listening about this stuff so i wanted to give another little bit of topic and uh, i've had this uh this interview for a while and i was going to throw it in a different episode um so if some things talk about like either donnie hansen or something this covid kind of threw me into a mix because i had other episodes lined up and uh, Donnie had to go back to California and delay his training for a month. So it kind of threw me kind of off on a loop. So uh, here's Craig Stevenson. Just, uh, go ahead and introduce your guys' selves and uh, the company and then give us some uh, nutrition tips and kind of some information of what you want to go with it. And then uh, I got some questions. We'll go from there. Sure. So my name is Craig Stevenson. Uh, I'm the owner of Actionetics. Uh, we do sports supplements and performance nutrition plans and uh, workout plans for one action sports athletes, but also endurance athletes. That's our real focus. Um, my background is I have a degree in exercise physiology and nutrition and 20, uh, I don't want to date myself, but 27 years in sports supplements. And uh, my son, Connor, who many of the people who listen to this know um, races uh, not only in Colorado, but outside, you know, been to Loretta Lynn's we're from Canada. So we've, you know, we've got a, we've got a lot of uh, experience, I guess, 10 years now, almost 11 years racing motorcycles, um, primarily off-road. So yeah, that's kind of our, that's our background. And uh, yeah, I think we're here to talk a bit about nutrition. Yes, sir. Uh, any tips that you can kind of give us that is going to help us out on the track and then, uh, anything that's not going to hurt the wallet too. Cause that's always an, another factor. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, maybe maybe we start in, in current times and, and kind of look at today. Not a lot of guys are out on the track, um, you know, obviously with one snow and then this, this viral situation that we're in right now. So, you know, what we do with a lot of our athletes is, is we try to maintain a good, you know, body weight, um, you know, so that we've got a really positive power to weight ratio on the bike. When we do get to, to race, and we're not sure when that's going to be, obviously, with things going on, but, you know, the biggest thing in the off-season is, you know, moving, right? Whether that be in the gym, whether that be cycling, um, so on and so forth, that's the number one thing that you have to keep doing, particularly in a, in a, in a world that we're in right now for probably the next 12 to maybe 24 weeks, Um with this virus situation and from a, you know, from a power to weight ratio movements, one part of it. The second part is nutrition, the calories that you're taking in and what type of calories that you're actually consuming. So, you know, every, every athlete that we work with is different. Um, you know, our bodies in general, all process food the same way. So if I eat protein or Connor eats protein or you eat protein, our bodies break it down the same way. However, I may be more efficient at breaking down protein and utilizing protein. Connor might be better at carbohydrate, um, you know, processing carbohydrates. Some people react very poorly to high carbohydrate diets. So one of the things that you do is you really have to try to figure out what foods first and foremost are right for you right? When you're talking about performance and body weight and power to weight ratio with a motorcycle. So, you know, a, a few basic tips to get us started. One is, uh, you know, don't be quarantined with a whole bunch of ice cream. Um, it's pretty simple. You know, you got to start with what we call healthy macronutrients, lean proteins, whole grains, vegetables, fruits, you know, as the, as the basis of your, of your calorie intake, uh, particularly again, I mean, all the gyms are closed, all of the, all the things that we are seeing right now, it's, it's a bit extraordinary, but in the off season, people have a tendency to kind of let the guard down, um, eat a few more, eat a few more desserts, uh, you know, the, the T-bone steak versus the sirloin steak. So really just keep it, Keep it, uh, keep it real, get, get all the, the quality foods in first and foremost, and then go from there. So the, the box of Twinkies that I bought for the apocalypse thinking it was going to last is probably not going to work, right? Well, we'll see how long this lasts. <laughs> Twinkies, Twinkies, the good thing about Twinkies is they, uh, they don't go bad very quickly. Does, yeah, I, that's why I was thinking buy like, I don't know, five or six boxes of those and I'll be set in case the zombie apocalypse or something happens. But uh, Yeah, not not sure how fast you'll be, but you'll be set. <laughs> so uh, so with all those meats and or, uh, with all those foods and everything, that's the good start and that's the base. Uh, with finding uh, the other right foods and everything, how do you go about trying to find um, which ones are the right ones for you? Like if I say, if I wanted to kind of not bulk, like get bulky or, or get huge or anything, but if I wanted to gain some weight, um, obviously more proteins and everything, but how would I go about finding which good 
proteins and uh, which is the right foods, like you said, for me? How would I go about doing that? Sure. I mean, I mean, that is one of the things that I help, um, you know, racers and riders with. But in general, um, when you look at your at your body, there's there's really three body types, an ectomorph, a mesomorph and an endomorph. An ectomorph is a, a very thin why what we would term a wiry athlete or person they can handle higher fats they can handle high amounts of protein and generally high amounts of carbohydrates okay so you know if i were to try to figure out who that would be locally um you know someone like a devon mcginley would be an, an ectomorph then you have a mesomorph which gains muscle very easily um, you know, will generally be fairly lean, but will uh, gain fat if too many calories go in. And what we do with them is we limit their protein to about 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. And we base this on the body weight we, they, you know, we want them to be. So if someone's 180 pounds and we want them to be 170 we will base their food intake on 170 pounds, not 180, so that the body has to adapt and lose the weight. And then the third body type being an endomorph is, you know, has a high propensity to gain fat. Um, generally, we'll have a good amount of muscle mass, but the struggle is always around how do I lose the weight to get the proper power to weight ratio on my bike? And for them, it's generally a reduction in carbohydrates. It's generally stable, what I would call mid-range protein intake, about 0.8 uh, grams per pound of body weight. And then fats, we limit them. You just don't eliminate them because everybody's uh, physiology does need some fat. But there, we focus a little bit more on carbohydrates, so reducing the grains, uh, replacing those with vegetables uh, in general, and just find, find the, right, the right ratio. Once you know what body type you are, then you can go and make some changes to your diet based on that to get the performance that you actually need. Makes sense. So that's probably going to kind of be most of the, 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 the kind of following up into following questions as well too um because i mean obviously you're gonna have to know your your body type and everything i was gonna say like for us old guys and everything what can we eat to uh recover faster and give us more energy to work out during the week um because that's one thing that i noticed with myself as well is just like we ride all weekend uh monday comes around it's hard to get out of bed and then you during the whole week you're recovering and and you don't even want to work out so uh what are some good foods to eat to recover faster for us old guys sure so obviously protein is one of the major pieces to the puzzle you know the faster you get protein in after uh, vigorous exercise um the the faster your body starts recovering when we look at athletics, so on and so forth. And there's numerous studies around this. You know, there's a 45-minute window uh, after vigorous exercise where protein intake 
and the sensitivity that your body has for the protein is heightened. So, you know, post-race or post-event uh, training, whatever it is, protein, uh, particularly in the form of, of a whey protein um, supplement uh, right after training or racing is, is recommended. If you're of the right body type, we will blend that protein with not, I, I don't want to say simple sugars, um, but carbohydrates that accentuate the absorption of that protein. So that's the number one thing that, you know, that 45 minute window after, after racing or training hard. I mean, Connor's been down in Texas for the last couple of months and they would put in three hour, um, you know, high intensity sessions. So your recovery starts right then, right? So, you know, the whey protein, um, is, is probably the number one thing. And then followed by, you know, consistent protein at every meal during the day. So in, the, in, in at breakfast time, you know, a lot of people will gravitate to eggs, um, you know, great source of protein, whether you're using just the egg whites or the whole egg, both very good. Um, you know, lean chicken, right? Tuna, we tend to shy away from because it's very high in vitamin K. And that can negatively um, affect blood flow and contribute to things like arm pump, which probably be another topic for another show. Absolutely. Um, but, yes, but, you know, most people think that uh, tuna is, is very healthy uh, and in many ways it is. But when we talk performance and recovery and all these things that we're looking at, tuna is not on the list for um, the athletes I work with. Uh, for, for a number of reasons. Uh, and then, you know, obviously lean red meats, you know, what, what people, you know, some people are for red meat, some are against. Um, what I can tell you is the amino acid or the makeup profile of red meat is the closest to our muscle makeup as humans. So it has a very close ratio of components that build our, our muscle mass. So red meat, um, we don't shy away from it unless someone just doesn't like it. Uh, it it's, it's, it's very close in nature to human muscle, and um, we will gen generally try to use it once a day. So, yeah, number, number one on recovery. Second is, you know, if you fall into the ectomorph, you know, wiry type person or mesomorph, muscular, uh, fairly lean person, uh, they can generally handle carbohydrates better. Um, so we make sure that we have what we call fast-releasing carbohydrates that are eaten with protein. So those are, you know, those are kind of the, the top tips that I would give for not only just recovery, but consistent preparation, which, you know, eases up the amount you have to work at your recovery. Perfect. That's going to help me out a bunch. <laughs> Hopefully uh, yeah. some of the the other older guys as well too. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm going to make sure that the showdown series this year is uh, taken seriously in, in my side. So uh, anything that yeah. can get me that edge, because I know you, you guys, everybody should kind of reach out to you and, and get that extra edge. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many other factors on age. You know, you take someone like, you know, Connor or 
Jax Pascal or, you know, all the guys his age, 15, 16 years old, um, their, you know, their bodies and their hormonal balance with testosterone and more importantly, free unbound testosterone, it's very high. So their recovery rate is faster. You know, when you get into your 40s, so on and so forth, sometimes, uh, well, not sometimes, just in general, testosterone drops. Um, and sometimes very significantly, when you hit 50, uh, you, you can see over 10% drops um, during that decade. But, you know, a testosterone supplement uh, for recovery of, uh, as, you, as you term it, older athlete, you're not that old, um, <laughs> but, you know, the hormonal balance that, that works with nutrition is very important as well. So, you know, that is one thing to, to look for as a a good uh, testosterone supplement. Perfect. Uh, is Connor there with you next to you? He is. Yeah, yes, I'm right here. Hey, how's it going, buddy? How was Texas? Talk about it, man. Pretty. Uh, it was really good. Schoolwork had to be done. Lots of training. Um, lots of riding. Just put in the work. Absolutely. So with you going down to Texas and you training and, and talk about your schoolwork and everything and what you got to do um, to get all of your stuff done and make sure that you're making sure you're an educated member of society and uh, let us know <laughs> how it helps out, you know, or, and how, how hey, it hey, works hey, with hey. racing. Can I just interject? Yes, so please do. Right, right before we, we started the podcast, Connor just um, notify well, we were just talking and I guess he saw a, a tweet or a social post that says to race 450 supercross now professionally it's mandatory that you have to have a high school education or diploma so this is I believe new as of today that's, which is a big topic yeah I mean that's a that's actually a good motivation a good step forward I think with the AMA or in the FIM or the FIM um, I, that's, that's good. I, I support that fully. What What do you guys think? Yeah, we, we do too. Um, you know, and Connor will, will talk a little bit about how he fits his schoolwork in here in a second, but, you know, in our household, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't go to online learning until this year when, when Connor was 15 and, uh, you know, we, we felt that, you know, you have to bring an athlete up. Um, we felt he should have, you know, been in school, you know, for, for most of his life to date, uh, we wanted him to have one year of high school. And then, you know, if he showed potential, like many other families in Colorado and outside of Colorado, you know, you kind of make a move at that point, um, you know, for, for a potential career. You know, there's 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 definitely some people here that can have careers in, in this sport, but it's always been based around school. It's always been based around uh, performance in school and, and performance to us is effort. You know, some some people are very good in math. Some people struggle. But if the effort's there um, in the schooling, then then the racing comes easy. All right. So this year we made our, our transition to uh, online learning so that he could go, you know, race down in, in Texas and train full time. And, uh, 
you know, at the end of it, if the, the disciplines were there and, you know, schooling has done, has gone very well, um, you know, since switching to online and I, I would say has overall improved the situation, you know, you can ride more, you're, you're happier and you can, uh, you know, marks are good. And at the end of the day with all these new programs, and I, I believe almost everyone in Colorado is going to be in online learning for the next month or two, <laughs> right? Um, you know, you, you, you get the same education, the curriculum is the same, the standardized testing is the same, so on and so forth. Um, so for us, it's been really good. And, uh, you know, we, we do know a lot of people that are online, the Malcolms, um, are on online schooling. They do great, very good racers, uh, so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, from our standpoint, it's schooling's schooling's the place to be, you know, imagine racing pro for a few years and then, you know, showing up on Yamaha's doorstep with a business degree and saying, <clears throat> you know, I'm, uh, I'm ready, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of painting your painting your road to the future. So that's our, that's, that's Connor's mom's and my standpoint. And maybe he can throw in a few tips, you know, how he's, you know, how he tried to get his time and balance his time for, for school. Yeah, um, my trainer Shannon Nide, which I was living, I was living with him. He, we weren't going riding until schoolwork was done in the morning. So we got up, had a good breakfast, normally eggs and some uh, sausage or something, um, and then we go straight to schoolwork. And if our schoolwork wasn't done by, I think it was like ten or eleven, we weren't riding that day. So he really pushed us, and now came back to Colorado and now it's the, it's the same. I have to get my schoolwork <laughs> done before riding. Yeah. Good. No, no difference in the rules. Yeah. We got to keep that consistency because you, you keep in that pattern. And then uh, when you don't have people pushing you, it's already embedded in your head. Yeah. So Connor, what's the, uh, what do you feel like the difference between online and, uh, like public school? What's the, is there a big difference or like, uh, what do you enjoy about it the most other than, uh, being able to ride the most more? Uh, yeah, uh, it's definitely different, but you're getting the same, same work done. Like I'm talking to my friends that I went to school with last year and they're doing the exact same stuff as I am right now. So I basically get the same education, but more flexibility and yeah. uh, more time. Yeah, yeah, I think I think one of the one of the biggest things is I wouldn't say you can cram. I mean, there you have to have assignments in at certain times, but you know, if you if you get two days worth of schoolwork done in one, then guess what you can do the next day? You can go out and train hard, get to the gym you know, eat right, do your stretch in the morning, and then, uh, you know, be on the bike for three or four hours, All right? So I think that's the the biggest thing that we've seen with them. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, some, some students will excel and be able to do it. Some, it's probably not right for. They need to be in a classroom. They need to be sitting. Um, you know, there's no one you know, one solution fits all. Uh, we've just been lucky that it's worked out for us, and we know some other people that it's working out quite well for as well. Yeah, and I bet you can go at your own pace too, and that 
like whether it be fat, you're not hold to that classroom where um, you get it at this kind of rate where you're everybody's still being explained the same topic. You can move on forward, but that's good. That's really cool. That's good to hear that uh, there's this technology uh, is giving us more options and we're able to pursue a lot more in life uh, with, with technology. Agreed. And also uh, I always feel like with education, um, in my experience, the the top athletes have always been, at least in high school, anyways. Uh, college, kind of not so much, but uh, in high school, the always the top athletes always had the highest GPAs, and and always I, I feel like to be a good athlete, you also have to be very edu- not educated, but you, you, that mental um, that knowledge and that quick wit helps you in sports as well to being able to react that much faster and 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 you use your body in in different ways and and knowing physics and certain things to to react to the ground uh i think think being a good athlete you have to be somewhat uh very educated as well yeah i i I think it's changing um you know our sport is unique we do not get college scholarships um we, we have pro contracts at 16 years old. There are no NFL players that get pro contracts at 16 years old. And I think this is a flaw with our sport. Um, you know, not, not for me to rant, but, you know, we've got young, these are kids that are, you know, put out there. They're not physically developed. They're, many of them are not emotionally mature enough. Um, in the rare case, a 16-year-old will be. But it's it's a completely different scenario than other athletics. We you know we're we're not going to a uh, you know a Sweet 16 tournament as a, as a basketball player. We are on our own. Uh, many of the top kids are living in trailers at training facilities, and the discipline that that comes with our sport. I believe has to be greater than almost any other sport out there when it comes to education. Absolutely. Totally agree. So what other, uh, nutrition or, uh, Connor, uh, what, what other stuff do you have for us as well? Like, uh, what do you typically eat during the day? Um, I start off with eggs in the morning, eggs and sometimes sausage or something Definitely avocado too, but then um, I've kind of limited myself down to snacks because it's just junk food most of the time. But um, lunch, I have two servings of fruit and either a sandwich or something like that with some protein. And then uh, dinner, whatever my <laughs> my dad makes me or my mom. Um, normally have a salad with it and. Uh, vegetables or fruit yeah when when, i'll kind of jump in here i mean we're you know with with my background um you know at at some points we'll be a little bit stricter uh the challenge with an athlete like connor is his height you know he has so many more inches on you know people he races against that just naturally his weight is high you know so you know uh for instance this this year at Supercross, he lined up right between uh, Maximus Bolin and uh, Ryder DiFrancesco. And, you know, Ryder, I'm guessing he's, pr- 
probably a hundred pounds, if uh... ninety-five in that range. Max Voland, who's a year and a half older than Connor, is probably I'm just taking a guess, a hundred and twenty. And Connor's 170 without his equipment on. And, you know, just one of his boots, because he's got a size 14 foot, is 5.7 pounds. And as they equate to horsepower, they generally will say that between 7 and 8 pounds of weight will equal a loss of one horsepower. So we look at his, his body weight a little differently than some other athletes would. And, you know, it's not punishment. It's just, unfortunately, he has to eat lower amounts of calories um, that's high in protein to keep his body weight regulated, right? And it's, it's no different for any other athlete, you know, how, how it's looked at. You know, for instance, we do, I work with Bobby Fitch. And, you know, Bobby switched from 450s to 250s for Supercross before it was canceled. So our goal was to bring his weight down 10 pounds um, during that switch. So, you know, his protein intake comes down, we monitor his carbohydrates, and we increase his vegetables, you know, just as a, a general principle. There's other things that we do do, but it's, it's really just that personal approach to a, an athlete and how to you know, as you mentioned, how to recover as fast as possible, how to have the right amount of energy for training and keep the body weight where it needs to be so you can go like a bat out of hell on the track. That makes sense. Now now I'm starting to see why Connor's so fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, uh, he, he's, he's got a little advantage in some areas. Um, he's got a disadvantage just with his height and weight. In the start, <laughs> you know that yeah, getting the bike moving is a little challenging, but he's got a, a real advantage on, you know, how do you recover as an athlete faster? You know, what are the performance uh, criteria from nutrition and training? Um, you know, last night we were we were up in uh, one of the bedrooms doing, you know, a, an at-home workout because all the gyms are closed. Um, you know, getting the core strong. Uh, a full stretch, which we do every day, so on and so forth. He's he, he's lucky he's got that advantage. Yeah, definitely with me still riding 125 because of my age. I'm I'm not trying to gain weight, but I'm still trying to maintain some muscle, but also stay pretty pretty lean so I can at least compete. Yeah, at least <laughs> compete on the 125. Yeah, so you're not dragging an anchor or anything. Yeah, a Thunder Valley start, he drags an anchor, but you know we try to we try to get to um, races where they're flat starts or even a downhill start. There you go. So, uh, what what's the the first big race if it's not canceled uh, or, that you guys are going to enter? Um, we talked talk about Bowers. We already did one. Well, yeah, we just did Bowers. Uh, raced all the B classes, Schoolboy 1 and 125 BC. And then uh, um, my next race, maybe if there is a season opener here, maybe. Um, but I think it's in Idaho or something for the area qualifier to lead to Washougal. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> racing's pretty tough right now. There's not a lot of races happening. Luckily, we got, you know, we got the one area qualifier in 
which will lead to Three Palms and uh, Ponca. Um, but we're hoping to get one a backup area and region done. Um, but who knows what's going on with this racing? Everything's being canceled, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I didn't know if you guys were going to try to do two two different regions or not. But uh, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, this uh, cancellation stuff is kind of crazy, especially if they just like canceling races that are in May already, and it's that far out. It's kind of it's just crazy. You'd think that there'd be a, a big progression within at least a month or something uh, on it. Yeah, it, you know this is this is interesting. Um, you know, one they came out with a modified schedule for uh, AMA Outdoors, and the first race is until June now. But you know what's really interesting about this situation and the health of it, so on and so forth. Um, you know, before I came to the U.S. I ran the largest cough, cold, and flu company in Canada for um, Valiant Pharmaceuticals. And so we dealt with H1N1, um, which was very similar to this, uh, but it, different in many ways as well. And, you know, the, I watched the, the statistics of this flu that's happening right now, and you can see the hockey stick curve of infection, so on and so forth. Uh, th this isn't me making any predictions, but knowing that industry and knowing how these things work, um, it's, it's not going to be a month before this is done. I can tell people that right now, just my opinion, but, you know, we went through this um, with H1N1, and this one's a little bit deeper and a little bit more unique than that. So, you know, staying healthy throughout this, you know, particularly getting ready for a race season um you know follow what follow what they're telling you wash your hands 20 times a day don't pick your nose don't pick your friend's nose <laughs> you know all those things um you know when you're talking about the health of an athlete and you want to go racing come our season opener you know pay attention to it it's uh it's not a joke great advice yeah absolutely great advice uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say or, uh, Connor, anything else you guys want to use this kind of as your platform to, to kind of voice or thank anybody out there? And then uh, that's all I have uh, for today. Uh, I don't really have anything else. I just would like to thank some people, um, everyone at Victory Motorsports, Bill, um, Defy Graphics, you for having us on, um, Fox, Sticky, um, Shannon Nide, Sheila Nide, she she uh, is the cook over at the house <laughs> in Texas. Um, I don't know, basically everyone, everyone that helps me out. Thank you. Yeah, so so um, Drew, Charlie, Cowboy, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but however people uh, refer to you. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that, that I mentioned to you on text that we want to do is um, set up a, a code on actionetics.com um, where people, if, if people want to do grab some supplements, you know, in this time where jobs are uncertain, um, you know, all, all the stuff that's going on, um, I'd like to set up a code um, at least for a week from when this podcast uh, goes live, um, you know, to do a 35% off the entire site. 
So maybe you can pick a code for me to, to put up on the site, and then we'll obviously launch that out at the right time. Yeah, I, I can do that, no problem. Um, and then I can narrow it down of when I'm actually going to release the the episode, and then we can get that full week and be able to, to narrow it down and, and be able to speak more accurate, accurately towards it. Absolutely, absolutely. We're, ha- we're happy to... Um, at least help our home community. You know, this is our base here in Colorado now, and and uh, you know we want we want to help Colorado motocross um, succeed. It's not just myself and Connor. It's we we train and we do nutrition programs for people that Connor competes against. Um, a lot of people use the supplements. It's it's really bigger than us just trying to win races all the time, which, which we do. We try to, we try to win them every week, every day, every minute. Um, but there's a bigger picture. Yeah. You can see it too. Every time we talk and, uh, I've always seen it, seen you and and Connor in the background of hanging out with the Burleys and everything too. And, uh, you can tell when you just notice it, how you guys talk about everybody, talk about the community, all the smiles, um, Connor for being how young he is, is very mature for his age. And, He's always out there with the the older guys and cracking jokes and and being the a great kid that he is and um, so it it shows very much of, uh, of exactly what you said uh, you guys displayed it and and doing the actions to to follow with the talk too. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, you know we appreciate being on and uh, hopefully we can get on a few more times and you know sponsoring the show is is was one of our top priorities to uh you know find a way to get deeper involved with the community here in Colorado. Absolutely. We uh we definitely want more tips. Oh, Connor's got one more thing he said. Um adding on to who I'd like to thank, definitely Bruce Sass because he makes my motors fast <laughs> to pull me around but in dark and sprockets and my mom and dad. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you guys are you guys are great, and uh, everybody that's helping you, you can definitely tell uh, those motors are fast, and uh, that two-stroke sounds great out there. Awesome. Thanks, Charlie. Uh, yep, thank you guys. Have a good So next we're going to talk with Christian Kovach uh, with Performance Cycle of Colorado, uh, like we have before, and he's going to kind of talk to us how the industry and what's going on with them with this whole COVID thing. I've talked to him previously, and you'll be surprised what the the uh, the answer that's going to be. But uh, we're going to give him a call and have an interview with him, and then we got another one coming, and probably maybe two more interviews or so, and then uh, this ap- episode will be a wrap. Hey, what's going on, man? It's Chris. I appreciate you uh, uh, taking the time to have me on here and and talk about Apex a little bit. Uh, it does seem like, uh, you know, we're staying afloat a little bit better than I was expecting to with all this. Uh, our service department and our parts department are really holding it down. Uh, you know, our service guys are over there working, taking bikes in and out, uh, working really hard. So uh, that's helping a lot. And then our parts guys, they're answering a ton of phone calls and running parts out to the parking lot and just doing everything they can as well. So um, they're doing great. The biggest impact that we've really seen is uh, our sales department. We have three salesmen here, and we're being forced to work remotely from home, and we can only sell bikes by appointment only. 
Um, and there are a few things we have to kind of work around um, when we do that as well. You know, we can't have our showroom floor open. We have to roll it out of the building into our service area and um, for them to look at it. And, um, you know, we're taking a lot of precaution and really taking it seriously while we're while we're also trying to remain a business. You know, it's definitely not easy and it's um, it's definitely affecting us, but we're, we're doing what we can all within the limits of what we're allowed to be doing. So, um, yeah, we're just going to keep on keeping on and and uh, hopefully things kind of get better and better. And, you know, hopefully we'll still have a nice busy season like we were uh, hoping to. The weather's been turning out great and we can we definitely can tell there's a lot of people interested in a lot of activity. So just hope that. Yeah, just hope that it all kind of works out and, and gets better as time goes on. Uh, but with that being said, you know, my plans for 2020, I am excited. I, I plan on doing a lot of racing. Um, I want to do some trials events, which will be really cool. I did my first one last year and I had such a blast. It's, it's way harder than you think to go slow than it is, than you would really think, you know, it's, it's hard to go slow. So, uh, with that being said, I, I'm probably going to do a lot of racing. I'm definitely going to do some Thunder Valley races, some Aztec races, 100% I'll be at the dealer cup. You know, last year was probably one of the most fun events I've ever done in my life. It just felt so, so cool. You know, we were all wearing bibs and it was just a really, really stress-free race. You know, we're all out there just having fun, all the dealerships getting together, people just, you know, hanging out. So can't wait for that event again. I recommend anybody coming out to that just to come hang out and just have some fun. Uh, there's usually music and you know, different vendors out. So it's always a good time, but, and then I'll, I plan on doing a lot of mountain bike racing as well. You know, I've been really big into that lately and, uh, it's just hard to, you know, it's hard to make time to do one thing. So trying to, trying to do a lot of different fun styles of riding and, um, yeah, we'll see what kind of, what happens with all that, but I'm definitely looking forward to do some racing and, um, battling it out with some guys. So should be fun, but all right, man. Well, I appreciate it. And thanks for, thanks again for chatting for a little while and let me know if you need anything or yeah, I look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right, guys, that's going to do it. You need to learn. Uh, if you guys haven't noticed, a lot of our uh, civil liberties or civil rights are being uh, kind of being abused right now. If you guys want to sit home, be locked up or anything, This, all this isn't making sense. The numbers are fake. The numbers are inflated. We got to stand up for our own rights, our own businesses, everything. Uh, I'm not going to be locked up. Sorry, I'm going to go ride. Um, you guys make your own decisions. I went by several hospitals today. If you look at my own personal um, kind of uh, Instagram page, I went over to a hospital, Santerra uh, Emergency Hospital. There's absolutely no one. The uh, parking lot's completely empty. There's nobody there. How are you limiting resources if you get hurt? Just wake up, people. Uh, that's going to be this episode. Uh, I couldn't get everybody lined up, some of the track owners, but if you want to ride some private tracks, reach out to them on Facebook. Um, go out and see 
where you can ride. Uh, we've been riding a lot of private places, of a lot of uh, open open riding, um, kind of government-owned land. Just make sure you have your OHV tags and everything. Um, and if golf courses can be open, we should be open too. Um, I really don't think you can get hurt and you're taking away resources from the, the hospital. Just go to the correct hospital. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in. Sorry it's not as fine-tuned. Um, I want to get this one out before the end of the week. So uh, make sure you go to Actionetics and get some uh, supplements and make sure you're training for the next races. So remember, this is all about government control. All your liberties, everybody. Uh, if you research the Fachi or whatever, he's part of the deep state. He was a plant to undermine everything that the president said. The president's going to fire him. I guarantee it. And then we're country's going to be back to back to going to work the economy is going to spike back up and all this is going to be old news fake news everything so uh you'll see just wait and uh it's just a really bad flu people um i'm actually getting tested next week um to see so i can go back to work if i have the antibodies that said that i previously already had it i get to go back to work and uh i I'm technically have uh, my immunities to fight it, and uh, I'm not. I'll still be contagious, but uh, I, I'm not. I can't die from it. So, uh, yeah, country's gonna get back to it. We're gonna have racing, so don't freak. Just relax and remember, if government is telling you to do something, uh, it's probably not gonna be good. Um, I'm not gonna listen to them. The president isn't wearing a face mask. Isn't wearing gloves. All of our pr- police, all of our first responders and everything, if you notice, uh, none of them are wearing fast face masks, none of them are wearing gloves. So, I'm all for fighting the power. Also, just to add to the closing statement here without the music, um, so it's crystal clear, Alamosa, uh... VMX down in Alamosa um, is open this weekend. They've been open the past couple weekends. And uh, so if you want to ride some supercross track or some motocross track, drive all the way down to Alamosa and go check out VMX. Um, I know a couple of my buddies and everybody all went and took their travel trailers down there, went out camped. So if you still want to be able to ride, go check out VMX.